want to spend some time, I'll do thing, things through. I know you'll find myself in misery, and that ain't cool. And I, I really want to be with you the whole way through. Because the way you make me feel inside is beady-doo. Good night. I'm so you don't even know song. the song, I what? Really saw, I was like, hey, I'd rather have a hard on and a hard heart. Put your pussy on the chain, wax salad cart. While I ignore the world's problems like an oligarch. Free love in this bitch like it's behind bars. Shake, 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 shake like an earthquake. That's supposed to turn my whole state to a great lake. Bombs over Baghdad, riots out in Flagstaff. Suicide shooter for a crack. Shit is getting bad. Can, can I give a fuck? I say remember the Sabbath, rest and recover tomorrow We gon' be back in the Saturday Can I give a fuck? Cause I got none to give, but like I know it's some kids hey, We all fall hey, short of ideas hey. Hi, welcome to another Hi. episode of Hood Rap to Hood Rap I'm not finna be fake with y'all, I had therapy today I'm in my feelings, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and Kiki uh, No <laughs> Erica is per... Per usual, quite bubbly. Um, I'm tired. Not evident. Really? No. Wow, I'm good at faking that stuff. You don't be faking. I think that's just your personality. Bubbly? Yeah. How else is my personality? Ebulent. Ebulent? What's another way? I like E-words. Describe my personality using only E-words. Erica. Erica? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you mm-hmm. definitely had a hard day. You can't come up with e words hey, other than see, my name. I see, see the the ma- see what it day. is 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 a site of production. Again, I got to produce, Ooh. I got to perform, even in my own home, even on the podcast. <laughs> it's an expectation to perform and to produce, but that's okay. But we're also recording at eleven thirty, so we're slightly delirious. And it's also just like I'm not finna sit up here and fake for y'all. One thing I learned about. You know, the nature of the internet and just the nature of digital communications and how they exist in this this vacuum, this bubble, this abyss that is not actually real. It's infinite and it's intangible and it doesn't you make any abyss, sense. You say abyss, not abyss? Abyss. Yeah. That word is not abyss? It's all, all, all grammar and pronunciation is prescriptive. Uh, Much like the internet, it is unreal. Got it. Does not, I didn't it know is, that it, it was is, all. It's all prescriptive. It's all prescribed. Mm. There's a such thing called mutual intelligibility in linguistics, which means if a motherfucker say to you, irregardless, irregardless flute may not out. be a. If they say flute out, even better. Somebody say flute out. What are they talking about? Flying, coming. You getting flown out? Getting, getting flown. flown. You. There's no reason to question it other than respectability politics. There's no other reason to come for that. It makes total sense. It's genius, actually, to have created your own work. So, shout out to the City Girls. I know some of y'all ain't fuck with the City Girls. You know, might not like their music or they was, you know, outed for being homophobic back in the day or some shit like that. Oh, it was back in the day? Probably was like not too long ago, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Probably was yesterday, but that's the thing is, we don't motherfucking know. You know what I mean? Right. But one thing, but my whole point is, is that I'm not finna fake for y'all. Cause I, I'm of the opinion that some of y'all, you know, in truth would pee on me if I was on fire. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm of the opinion that this is all, it can all feel so transactional. So I started singing Monica because it is just one of those days that a girl goes through. Ebony had therapy today. 
Do y'all ever think about the internet? Do you ever think about like the interactions and how vapid and empty a lot of them can be? How there's just this, I don't know. It just feels not great all the time. You know, in full disclosure, it, it feels, it sucks. Yeah. You know, as a black person, you gonna, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. And on the internet, it's just damned, damned, damned. Yes. You know, it's like, <laughs> fuck you, bitch. Like, damn, I wish some of y'all would say that. Yeah. Like, you know just what I mean? Say just what you I need don't to like say. black people. I don't like you, you know, tranny, whatever y'all want to call us and do, do that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, keep it a buck. Mm-hmm. You know, but having this under the guise of some intellectual, you know, Socratic fake seminar in the comment section is not. It's, it's see-through, boo. That's why I told y'all. Y'all be trying to sneak this in APA and MLA. Yeah. You know, so I, I decided that today I'm not going to fake, you know, for this first episode of Hood Rap to Head Rap. The first episode of Hood Rap to Head Rap in the year 2019. But wow. I happy am, New Year, y'all. Happy New Year, y'all. And happy, um, I guess, happy 400th year. Anniversary of, of our how do we migration. This? How do we? What is the word for it? Because it doesn't anniversary. Speaking of linguistics, doesn't anniversary denote positivity? No, it just denotes like a a time period, like that. You are like a a mark in time. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. it's the eve or the anniversary of something, but it doesn't necessarily have to be negative or positive. Okay. But I don't like the term anniversary because we can't sing Tony, Tony, Tony to that. Right. That's what I mean. You I feel like I mean? is it, it felt weird to say anniversary. Yeah. I don't know what to call it. But so for those who don't know, this is the 400th, 2019 marks the 400th year um, of a of black people being stolen from Africa, from uh, West Africa in particular, and brought to the United States, Jamestown mm-hmm. in Virginia, I believe. So this is the 400th year. You know how I used to gag because, you know, a lot of times back in the day, everybody, even Malcolm X, we've been here for 400 years. This is the actual 400th year. Yeah. <laughs> Not when yeah. Malcolm X was alive. Right. But then again, it's like slaves have been bought and sold. Black people have been bought and sold in chattel slavery um, globally around the world for a much longer time. Um, and in fact, we were we were not the first destination of, of black folks. I think one of the first destinations was the Caribbean as well as mm-hmm. Brazil. Mm-hmm. South America was a, a major destination. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think some of the migration was happening concurrently. You know, the British Empire was getting their money in all different places, all mm-hmm. in the Caribbean, and as well as what would be called the colonies, the 13 colonies, mm-hmm. you know, before what we have now, the formative United States. Mm-hmm. So slavery really has been more than 400 years. Um, it's been a long, way longer than 400 years. Yeah. So that's something to think about. And it's, and yeah, so I have to start off accordingly. I think this year, with me knowing that has really been sobering. Yeah. And it's really been telling how little has changed, except that we are not, you know, in chains. We're not enslaved physically. We're no longer commerce, but our bodies still are very much so mm-hmm. a site of production. And we still are the means of production in a lot of ways. We have our, we are our cultural exports, uh, exports are stolen all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? thank you. Next. You know what I mean? So. <laughs> And that's the thing. How do you mark violence? How do you, you mark 
terror. It's like, do indigenous people, you know, celebrate the thousandth anniversary of, you know, the myriad number of different genocides and forced removals, forced indigenous folks removal acts that this government has passed for a very long time uh, to, to once again, create what is now the formative United States to formalize, you know, union as you, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Intro yourself. Who are you? This your boy, Ebony Donnelly. I think I'm going to change my last name too because I don't have a father. <laughs> Erica's my father and I've been kind of grappling with being fatherless and just kind of not being claimed and all that. It's so. true. He's really sad about it. <laughs> I'm not sad. You are sad. Admit it, masculinity. No, Admit it ain't got it. nothing to do with masculinity. Yes, it do. Every time you go sad. like this, you know how you just know your partner's mannerisms to the point where it's weird? He like moves his foot slightly when he's lying. He also starts to shake his leg when he's lying. He also looks away and smiles. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> For those who don't know, my name is Ebony Donnelly. I'm from East Oakland, California. You already know, still 2019, but it's the same script. Ain't nothing changed with the address, man. If you don't know, you can't go. He, him, pronouns, non-negotiable. Who are you? My name is Erica Harmain. Just, just, <laughs> I'll just say it. Fine. Yeah. I'm a rapper. I just had my rap debut you on did. Nappy Nina's new album, The, the Tree, Tree Act. Act. Y'all are not ready. If y'all haven't listened to that, Get you that need to listen to class, it right now. Get ready. And I know some of y'all cool cats out there in cool cat land probably noticed that we have new intro theme music by my very own play brother, straight out Antioch, California, Benjamin Earl Turner. His album also just dropped. It's called Fuck. F-U-C-K. Go out there and cop that on all outlets. Treat yourself. Don't cheat yourself. It is such a treat. Um, ben is actually just got his master's in African diasporic literature. So this is actually a piece of literature. It, it should be canonized, really. So go out there and get that SoundCloud, iTunes, all of that. Triac, fuck, and support, you know, real rap. You know what I mean? Listen to it. Um, but I'm from Severn, Maryland, the suburbs of Maryland. It's like 45 minutes outside of Baltimore, like 50 minutes outside of DC. Um, it's a lot of minutes. Shut up. So what are some closer sort of nothing else relevant? Nothing else relevant is really closer. Um, I'm just giving you landmarks. Got it. Are you talking like that and host you'll get more money? I'm talking like this because maybe if I talk like this, people will actually take me seriously because it seems like everybody that talks like this is taken seriously. Are you sure? Drag me. Okay. You've been watching hella house. I've been, been watching, watching way too much housewives. New Jersey housewives oh and everything. It's my self care, y'all. Yeah. Self care. Okay. Uh, my pronouns are she and they. I'm a sexuality educator and also a breast cancer survivor. Where? Yes. And I'm Ebony's partner. They he, know that, babe. He, you ain't I'm his dad, but <laughs> I. <laughs> you are I'm my his, dad. You are the I'm only dad, father but, I ever known. Oh God. <laughs> but anyway, <clears throat> um. We want to thank our sponsors for, you know, coming into 2019 with us. Yes. And look here. Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Yeah. And although it is a capitalist 
holiday. It's a trap. That's completely made up. As is romance. Designed just so you spend money. Period. You're gonna spend money anyway, so you might as well buy yourself a new butt plug, a new vibrator. You might as well get some lube, get some um, gloves, some latex gloves, get a new flogger. What they need latex gloves for? Latex gloves, good for fisting, good for butt play. So get what you need. Pleasure Chest is your store, is the place. They always have free workshops. I'm sure they will have a ton come Valentine's Day, come February. You just, you want to get stocked up and you definitely want to go before all the crowds come because everybody has the same thing in mind come February 13th that they want to get laid on February 14th. So or go not get, your, get laid. Or, or not get laid, but go get your condoms. Go get those things because the trends are there. People going to be in the store. So go get that toy that you've been wanting because it's going to sell out. Yes. So keep a lookout. Pleasure Chest, I stand by it as a sexuality educator. They're... Toys are quality. The books that they sell, the porn that they sell is quality, ethical. A lot of it is feminist porn. Definitely get on it. Thank you, Pleasure Chest. Thank you, Pleasure Chest. And thank you all, too. This is a people-sponsored and people-powered podcast. So this podcast is able to subsist without any type of machinery. It is completely and totally independently backed. Um, We don't have an establishment or any type of production company behind us. We actually moved locations very recently. We were recording recording at the desk, and now we're recording at the couch. Why is that? So we've just recently changed changed locations. And our offices have um, shifted a bit due to construction. Let's talk about why. I really want to talk. I think it's important. So I saw... Our desk was too small, the desk that we had. I thought, we need a bigger desk in our apartment. This is where we work. It just needs to be bigger. It's not enough. So we got a desk, y'all. And I got it off the neighborhood Facebook page that we're a part of. This person was selling it. It's a, a old restoration hardware They claim table. restoration hardware because they ain't no, no, it's still on restoration hardware. It is actually a restoration hardware If y'all don't table. know what restoration hardware is, it's like very, very expensive, unfinished wood furniture. Mm-hmm. Extremely expensive. Very oh, high To end. the tune of about $5,000. Yes, I believe this table retails at $2,000 and we got it for $150. Now, we... We didn't get a U-Haul or anything because it was around the corner. We carried, carried, capital K, capital K, (laughs) capital C, carried this. You should leave that in there. I'm going. This table from where it was, which was like at least 11 blocks away, an easy walk without a heavy ass table, a hell ride with a heavy ass table. It was hell. We carried it home. Then we have a, our elevator. It's not that big. So we had to stuff it in the elevator. Halfway home, that someone, one of the stores gave us like a little like. A dolly. A dolly to carry the rest of the way home. That dolly was literally saving grace. Because we but had to keep. But that was like after the home that stretch. That was literally We the was home on the stretch. same block that with the, the dolly. But stretch. everything else was stopping up. So we. Pick it up. It's hella big. It's hella wide. It's wood. It's some type of weird metal. It's the dimensions are weird. It's extremely heavy. That, heavy that sucked. So what was the point of telling that? So we're sitting here on our coffee table oh, talking yes, to y'all. Yes. Yeah. Because 
we get the table in here. We say, oh my God, it's beautiful. It's big. Even though Ebony didn't like it when he looked at it, because why would Ebony like it? Even though I showed him what it looked like and he agreed to buying it. But that mm-hmm. anyway, that's, that's for true. Gemini's to deal with. So we put it here and the table shakes, y'all. Like if I stomped on the floor right now, the table would move. If I sat my arms lightly on the table, the table moves. When so I walk to will, the bathroom, the, the table, table moves. It like rocks back and forth. It's probably the most annoying thing ever. So we've ordered the actual desk that Ebony has been wanting for a while. And I know some folks have been really excited about some of our like home improvement stuff. You're going to love this desk. It's not a rickety desk. It's not a desk that moves that much. But I just had to let y'all know that if you really want to do a testament of your romantic partnerships, move a table 11 blocks. My allergies fucking up too. I'm leaving all this in here because y'all don't care, right? <laughs> it's all about the likes. It's all about the, the likes. Ebony likes. feels a way about Insta or social media know. and y'all barely think, got no social media. I think we need our own episode, just one episode dedicated the to the culture of it, to this culture of, of not even just discord. It, it mirrors the, it's a microcosm of the discord inside of our actual culture of the world. You know it what is. I mean? But I don't want to sound like one of the people who's like, oh, the internet like sucks. It yes, obviously you do sucks. sound like that. I don't want to sound like that, but I'm saying it's yeah. on a deeper level. I'm so where I think it affects that. more black people. Why? Like I'm thinking the way the internet, like the 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 the, the dangers of the internet. It like mm. it really it just corrodes not just personal connection, but it corrodes and it it lifts up. It's a straight up anti-black BS to the point where it becomes like a part of my daily fabric of my life and I don't want that. That's real. I think it gives white people mostly um, a, a, a chance to hide themselves. And they are very adept at hiding themselves and hiding their mm. penchant for violence and their penchant for violent rhetoric and words mm. and abusive behavior. Mm. Um, and so I think that's one thing. But it's also like, I don't know. I'll tell this story real quick after the whole Afropunk thing happened. And, and we were in um, a yoga class. And um, somebody mm. had been talking shit about us after on the, the Afro- on Facebook. And mm-hmm. this was on Facebook. was not even Instagram. So I can't put this on Instagram. But this was on Facebook like randomly. And I'm like... You know, on my friend Facebook page or some friend of a friend. So you I already see know it. Ebony was so like, drop I go your to location. the comment section and I'm like, and they like, oh, you you going to white publications? Y'all only go. I'm like, uh, excuse me, this is not TV. Here I go, nigga. Like, what's good? Like, what's happening here? And I'm going back and forth with them, and they talk hella shit. And they was like, oh, I was there. I was right backstage when it happened. I was like, and you did nothing, mm-hmm. but now you on the internet talking shit. Mm-hmm couple weeks pass by I decide to go because Erica does her 30 day yoga challenge but this was way before that as y'all know y'all may not know this but Erica is a regular uh, practitioner of yoga so we go to yoga sometimes I go with her sometimes I don't me personally you know I just <laughs> likes to do what I want to do when I want to do it weird uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm indicted too I scroll too I get lost in a rabbit hole I have, I have a theory I have NPR a theory comments. of why you don't like the internet but keep going yes so anyway we got I decide on the offshoot you know let me go to yoga with Erica real quick so I go to yoga with her and I see somebody um, waving at me, but I don't have my glasses on because it's, you know, the, it's, it's, it's hot. It's hot <laughs> yoga, so I take my glasses off so the sweat won't get on. 
And this person waving at me, me being who I am, I'm going to wave at you. If you wave at me, I don't even <laughs> I care if I God, know you or not. Donald Trump could wave at Ebony, no, could say no, good no, morning no. to now, Ebony, if I and know, Ebony would be like, good morning. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a lie. No, oh, That's George a lie. Bush? A black person speaking but to you me. you had your glasses on? If okay. a black person is speaking to me, I'm going to speak. Nine out of ten times. It's nine out of ten. What's his name? Gifted Hands? What's his name? Who wrote Gifted Hands? Who's that? Yes, you don't know Gifted Hands, the no, book? No, I don't. Um, the Surgeon. Um, Kanye West. You took your glasses off. Ben glass. Carson. Ben Carson. <laughs> if ben, you took your glass off and Ben Carson waved at you, you were waved back. Kanye I said West. nine out of ten. <laughs> I said black people out of say coons. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be responsible. Yes. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. So, they waving at me. I'm like, you know, hey, whatever. We get in the yoga studio and Erica do this thing I don't like where it be funk and she don't alert me till afterwards. <laughs> Erica was like, oh, you know that that was that person who was talking. This is after yoga. They all in the studio with us smiling at me. I'm like, okay, everybody friendly. Normally it's fine. We get out. We in the Uber. Erica's like, oh, you know that that was that person who was talking about us on the internet, right? <laughs> and I'm just so upset. Because I'm like, if their energy was that strong, why not, you feel me, say at a, why not be active in public? You know what I mean? Like, why not, you know what I mean, tell me, you know what, fuck you, I didn't appreciate how you, you know, came for a large, you know, company that, you know, sold out for white consumption. I didn't appreciate you doing that. And I think you, you know, you suck for that. <laughs> why don't you just say that to me at yoga? Mm. Am I wrong? Is there something wrong with me? I, am I too confrontational? Am I? No. You know, because... Had I known that that was that person, I would have been like, yo, like, why'd you do that? That was actually really hurtful. But I do think, I do think, I think the reason why you don't like the internet is because the internet, the way it is now, especially social media, even though it's called social media, it's not really social. No. And you, to your core, like to be social. Like, you don't know what else to do but to be social. Like you said, you wouldn't necessarily... I think people need to understand is that you would never argue with that person unless they were actually going to come with it. Like, if they were actually being mean, you'll argue with them. But if they came up to you and you, they were like, look, I did not like what you said about Afropunk. I'm not feeling that. Your ass wouldn't be like, I don't care. Get out of my face. I'm no, going to yoga. No, I would not. You would say... Okay, let's have a conversation about it. Let's talk I about it. I said that when I, I talked. I said you. I was very accessible. I keep telling y'all yeah, how accessible it, It's I not am. a game, but I have seen you disarm some of the most annoying, possibly violent white people ever. Even pe just general people, you disarm them. And I think you want to be able to do that. So when people are being gross on the internet, there's so many that you can't do it. And it's not possible for you to talk to literally every person that's doing that. I don't want to do that. And I think that that's challenging for you because you want to have a conversation. It's like when you walk into a Target, it's millions of people. There's not millions, but there's tons of people on Target at all times, especially in New York City. And you want to talk to everybody that's in there. I feel like that's you on social media. It's you at Target and you're like Pac-Man, like, Hi, 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 hi. No. And you get exhausted from it because people don't say hi back. No, I think I've grown in that. This is my second year living in New York. so I'm, I'm not now, comparing it to I'm New not. York. I'm comparing your 
How you, how, why you don't, why you get frustrated about the internet? I disagree. That's not why I get frustrated about the internet. Okay. The way, the reason why I get frustrated, it's not that I disarm people. Mm-hmm. It's that I don't, it's not in me to be violent unless I'm aggressed toward. But then sometimes it's like, it's still not in me to be violent. That doesn't necessarily mean I'm nonviolent because I certainly do not believe or follow a tenet called nonviolence. It's not something I subscribe to. But what happens is that I'm like, if you telling me you don't like something, I'm like, okay, why not? I also don't care that you don't like it, but in not liking it, how are you then treating me? What is the action behind you not liking it? You don't like something, so now you're going to make a whole page, a fake page about me? Is what the piece that's how it happens on the internet. Do. It's like you don't like me or you don't like something I said or did, so now it's like, but I'm just used to I'm from East Oakland, I think it's what it is. It's like if we funk it, we funk it. Mm-hmm. It's funk and that's what it's gonna be until we mutually agree that it's no more funk. Can you but explain it's not funkin'? Funk is like <laughs> beef, like you know what I mean. We we have it's prop chunkum, like that's what we used to say back Can in the you day. Now chunk explain em. chunkum. Fight. Like <laughs> okay. let's fight. Like, you know okay. what I mean? Like What's the issue? Let's yes. solve it, you know, with hands. That's what they say in New York. Put hands or throw hands. Throw hands, lay hands, bows, whatever body part availed to you. <laughs> Anything can be thrown. dog walk. You know, get your you know what I mean? Get, get your, your shit slept. Meet you at the shoulders. There's a lot of different ways <laughs> to say let's you know, be <laughs> frank about the what we want to do. Meet me at the bookstore. That's mine. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get into the podcast now that was just a, a small short aside i think i'm right i think you're gonna wake up in the morning no. and be like you're right erica i, I just want to be able that. to say hi to everybody i do but as as of, of, of a black person i'm art i think and especially a black person growing up in california or where we have southern roots very strong southern roots that have formed black culture in california and in um, other places in the west coast and and in um Wisconsin and all Minneapolis, all these places where you you know might find a couple of niggas here and there. Um, that's just something that we do. We we speak to yeah, each other. babe. A couple of days into not speaking to your family, you talking about how come nobody calling me? That is personal. Yes, that but, is a but Gemini but, personal. No, but your Gemini shit. and your black identity come together in some sort of vergence, and I think that it doesn't fare well on the internet because people aren't. He can and he he in a way that actually feels good. You will you are the person that people should hire. Don't steal this idea to talk to the Uber driver. Like oh. they should pick you up. Like if the Uber driver is talkative, you should be hired to talk to them. Oh, so like the a passenger, on you on your ride. So the passenger doesn't have. How about to. we just get rid of Uber and there's no more Uber and Uber is oh, completely decentralized that. and um, powered by the workers. All right, <laughs> so. <laughs> So, so I yeah. just wanted to talk about we're going to this this segue is very good into the origin of others. Yes. So yes. I had a New Year's New Year's resolution or I set an intention. I don't know if I set resolutions, but I set an intention to read. I think we did. Did you mm-hmm. set this intention too? I did and I did not do it. Yes, you did. Well, I read that in one night cuz Yeah, it, so you it counted. What it was your intention? Oh yeah, my intention was to read one page a day. Oh, no, I was saying mine was to read one book a month. Okay. So, yes. We oh, we did it. We did it. We yes. both read Origin of Others. Yes. That's easy to start with because it's small. It was small 150 if y'all pages. And it's hella. It's not 150 pages, a big book. 
It's small. It's small. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very, very. Toni Morrison is the author, and Tennessee Coates writes the forward. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. Cannot be denied. Yeah. Um, it really just talks about the creation of othering, right? Like where I, I guess I'm not in I'm a not, racialized context. in a racialized yes. context. It's like where does that sort of thing come from, and how does it perpetuate? How does it continue? Yes. Um, how is it that someone you know sits somewhere, or a scientist has some sort of idea, or someone has a hated, uh, 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 like a hated thought or a hatred, a thought of hatred, mm-hmm. and then that trickulates into systems? Um, and it was really, really, it was very powerful. And a lot of the examples that she gave were also very powerful. And she talks about the nature of belonging. Like, what mm-hmm. is this? This this end, like, what is the end to wanting to other somebody? Yeah. Like, what do you then gain by having othered somebody? Yeah. Um. And and what you gain is not not belonging. Essentially, yes. it's like you and the value that's placed on belonging. Um. She really sort of grapples with that. Like, why do people? Why aren't like during? So you gave an example of during slavery. I won't spoil the book for you, but this is a passage that particularly stuck out to me, where she was like, "You know, I wonder why." Essentially, like why white people were so cruel during slavery. If slavery was chiefly uh, economically driven, you know, let's just say that that's the case. Even though we already know that racism predates race, race was created in order to rationalize racism. Yeah. As, you know, has been talked about by myriad different people, including Erica. Um, But she was pretty much saying, like, if it's about having the slave do work for you, why would you, why beat the slave? Or if beating is a known punishment or just a regular punitive measure for a slave doing something wrong, what then constitutes you beating them to death? Mm-hmm. Or hanging them, or beating them just because you felt like, or fe- right. And so she's and like, she talks, she talks about it being a fetish or being some sort of kink as well, which is something I've always wanted to talk explore. more about that because you have been talking about that, thinking about that. I've always wanted to explore because it wasn't you could punch someone and and hurt them and and essentially kill them. You could also just shoot someone. Yes, right. So they had guns at the time, so you yeah. could do all those things. Um they weren't using bow and arrow necessarily, but you could do other things other than a whip. Mm-hmm. And I wonder why it was a whip and also the ways, what they had folks hold on to. They use a lot of different instruments. Yeah, actually, a lot. Besides yeah, that's whip. true. And they all kind of mirrors, not mirror sex toys in a way, but this, it wasn't so unlike it. Like the materials, mm-hmm. like they use wrought iron and, and putting people's, you know, heads and, all different type of, you know, apparatuses or, you know, to punish them. Like, there just it was other things other than whips. Okay, There's, well, just the imagery yeah. that you mm-hmm. get that you, the from normal, slavery yeah. is just very, mm-hmm. in a way, and like a very, like, se- like I, w- I don't want to say sexually submissive because um, BDSM is, is, is based in consent. And obviously, nothing that was happening during slavery had yes. consent. But the ways in which it is portrayed in the stories that you read from slaves and their experience Mm -hmm. was as if this was something more than like the the master or the person that was doing that sort of violence was getting more out of it than just a disciplinary act. Absolutely. Um, And I just I'm interested in reading more about that, especially as a kinky person like the and seeing folks who are in 
you know, BDSM dynamics with white people who are black or people of color. I find that that's interesting, especially if you are a descendant of um, cattle slavery, where that dynamic is present and you are submissive. Um, I just kind of, I think that that's interesting. And I think that Mm -hmm. you can't, or you can't take that history out of your body. No. You know, and you, you, there is a connection there for you. So I wonder how folks, um, reconcile with that. And I know Melina Haas does, talks about that a lot. She is a, um, a submissive to a white person um and she talks about her experiences a lot and i'm i'll i will put we'll we'll hyperlink her um word her blog yeah so folks can read it because i know that that's important for people but yeah i don't have like an an extensive viewpoints on it because it's sensitive for me i don't want to sexual i don't want to sexualize slavery so yeah but it it there seems to to um tony morris's point it's just some other added gratification that's completely and totally whatever your morals may be it's just completely and totally self-interested and self-serving and and, uh, dare i say evil Mm -hmm. um and i think the morals are you know shaky because i don't think things need to be evil for them to be bad or for them to be harmful to people yeah. it doesn't have to be framed in those very you know black quote unquote black and white terms yeah. um good and evil it's just it's not right to forcibly take people from another place and bring them here and put them to work and put all their children to work and separate their families and bring them here on a long a long months long voyage um, inside the bowels of a ship um, until they, um, you know, await their death, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hella, it's hella fucked up, but the, to Toni Morrison's point, there's something else about it, and in thinking about belonging, the need and the desire to not be on the other end of, yes. you know, the whip. Yes. You know what I mean? What, that, what that's do you strong. have to do? What the do you lengths. have to do? Yes. What lengths do you have to go in order yes. to retain yes. belonging? It's not that you just belong once. Yeah. You know, you have to keep reinforcing that, hey, you know, we're white. Like, yeah. we're white. Like, we're the shit. Like, up, build that wall. You know what I mean? Let's get us a wall going because yeah. we white. Up. Yeah. Yeah. But Trump. Uh, yes, I'm going to support Trump. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hillary, Hillary, Hillary. I'm voting for Trump. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. To so, stay in power, it's all about power. But I don't, I don't find that to be sufficient for me. What I even think back to the kink thing too, like even on, even online, and I won't talk about online too much. But even like how white, there's this dialogue of coming for white people and writing tweets about their behaviors and sort of hopefully pathologizing their behavior so that maybe some scientists will look at it, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, why white people, you know, had this pattern and way of being, even though it's it's probably not scientific in nature. It's probably just. Because they're allowed to, like you said, mm-hmm. the the giving of power and what power creates, what type of conditions that power creates. If you have power to do anything with abandon, you're going to do it. You're going to go into a mm-hmm. bank and you're going to shoot five people and you're going to go out alive, most likely after having done so. Right. Um, which has happened in Florida um, recently. A white cis man killed five people randomly in a bank. Right. Um, uh, that was a week before another white cis man also killed a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the news coverage concerning that, and I'll have the links in here so that you can see these things for yourself. If you look at the scant news coverage around that, 
again, that I think that's also a function of belonging. Though you mm. are a white cis man and you've killed hella people, so is, you know, Bloomberg. You know, so are the people who often run media companies and conglomerates. Mm-hmm. So the push to publish articles about white cis men killing people is very new. Mm-hmm. And there's still not a lot of articles about it. Right. Um, so that, that to my point, to Tony Morris's point is like, Yes, it's power, but it's also like you don't want to not have power. Maybe it's the need to not, the desire to not not be in power. Um, anyway, the book is hella beautifully mm-hmm. written and it's simply distilled, uh, but it's also what she's talking about. It's kind of, it complicates and it's complex. It complicates what we normally think about race and racism without overly intellectualizing it. I don't even um, think she uses race and racism in the book. She say them words, but, yeah, but she's not all the time. No, she doesn't even use white supremacy. No, she don't. Yeah, which is and great. And what's something so to great, be said about that? Great break from that, yes. for sure. Yes, yeah. I get irritated by it. But my point was is that people, I think white people, white people get a kink or something, or they get something out of black people coming for them. I, they get something out of the stoking of outrage. Yeah, they get to separate themselves from other white people. No, even when they get come for. Even I when don't they... think that they I don't think that they relate to you're coming for me. They have they have it like, oh, you're coming for those white people. I'm a good white person. But what about the not good white people who are they're not, clear that they're, they're not, not good. listening. <laughs> they're saying we're stereotyping. Okay. <laughs> you wanna talk more about that, sweets? Um yeah, so I am that person on Twitter that with the hopes that a scientist will see this and pathologize white folks because I have books and books and books, academic books that pathologize black people, that pathologize our behavior. I've worked in nonprofits where the funding came directly due to people believing that um Black and brown folks are at-risk youth. That is something that is in a lot of language, a lot of literature, uh, and people believe that. And none of those young people, when I worked in nonprofit for 10 years, none of those people were white. None, not one. So I'm interested in white folks creating some programs Mm -hmm. for themselves so they can go to work on themselves. I think that that's super important to be entering into the conversation about because it's there. The evidence is there. It's just that white people have had the power to create negative stereotypes and negative narratives Mm -hmm. about black people and people of color um, so they could continue to do whatever the hell grimy shit that they would do. And then we create negative stereotypes about us during slavery as well. So they could continue doing slavery. I mean, yes. it wasn't, it was agreement for slavery, not just that we were dumb, but that we were animal like, and we needed to be contained and we mm-hmm. needed to be enslaved in this way. So we could become something or that they would be in danger. So it's mm-hmm. always been something to put white folks in a particular light and they don't necessarily like it when you pathologize them they don't like that so it's about it's it's consistent with the othering something that they are very familiar with something that their lineage and that they personally have also done for a very long time so people get frustrated mm-hmm. it's not just white people so recently i did a post um after jesse smollett um sending him love and healing right now was attacked in chicago mm-hmm. by um 
I believe it was two white cis men who were um, Trump supporters. Presumable. Presumable. We don't know. But so, they yelled, perhaps. I think right. they yelled MAGA or some shit. Yeah. So we, but we don't know. So I, people were saying, oh, you know, as soon as someone hears, <laughs> especially media outlets, as soon as they hear Trump supporters, they already know that if you have something that says Trump supporters, X, Y, and Z, it's going to get clicks. Because people are interested in separating themselves from the bad white people, mm-hmm. right? There are Trump supporters who are like, this is who I am, build the wall. They're very blatant about that. But in our bubble, in these very liberal cities, the the consensus is that you're separating yourselves. And I say liberal cities very loosely because New York City is one of the racist places on earth. So I'm just saying that is that people love, liberal meaning you like to separate yourself from um, white people who are a lower class than you and have less money than you and less um, educational privilege and you separate yourself but you're still just as racist as any other white Period. person. So that's all I mean by liberal. So what people have done is that they're like, oh, Trump supporters attacked Jesse Smollett and up oh, it was Trump supporters and Trump supporters are the problem. Up oh, the MAGA hat is the next... Um, the next white hood is what Alyssa Milano said, who gets on my freaking nerves, but she's a freedom fighter. So whatever. Um, I was like, okay, I'm tired of this. Stop saying Trump supporters when really what you mean is white people. Yes. Yes. Stop saying that. And and, you know, like there's this like scared, like I, you know, know, I'm terrified to say uh just white. They say Caucasian. Just say white. They say Caucasian. They'll say everything else. Yeah. Right. But why? And, and Toni Morrison actually talks about in the in the origin of others, how we don't say white. Yeah. When you read a book, the default is that the person is going to be white to the point where you don't even say it. Yes. The only time you say it is when you're talking about a black person or a person of color, mm-hmm. because then you have to other. Yes. <laughs> Because the you think that the reader has it that this person is always white, and you're right, because that's our default inside of white supremacy. That's what white supremacy means. It means whiteness is default. That's all that means, is that we are programmed to believe it that way. So I just said that, and then this person who, you know, Twitter's weird. It's not people who follow you. It's just people that see the tweet. It's like, I'm Mexican, and there's plenty of white people who I love and who are my friends and right. who love me. And, and it's, it's wrong to stereotype white people. And I was talking to Ebony <laughs> just about this idea of stereotype, this kind of racism one-on-one understanding of stereotyping. And the thing is, is stereotyping doesn't work, but in some instances it does work. Um, there is privilege to it. So for example, there is a stereotype that Asian men are smart and they're really good at math. That's not necessarily a negative stereotype. It could work to your benefit. And sometimes it actually um, has you constrained because if you are an Asian cis man that's not good at math, you it gets frustrating. I mean, right? in essence, it is negative. How? In essence, the it's it, the model minority that that's points to the model minority myth. Like yeah, but that, but Asian, but you already know that Asian Americans benefit from that. They do benefit from it. Yeah, they benefit from the acceptance of it. Yeah, so that's what but, I'm saying. But on its face, a stereotype on its face is 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 to find out how proximal you all stereotypes are either proximal or distant from whiteness. Mm-hmm. Oh. Black people, y'all are lazy. That means white people all work hella hard. Mm-hmm. 
the measure and the barometer of a stereotype strength is how close or far away from it is whiteness. You get that? So if you, yeah. so I get what you're saying, like because of the proximity to white, oh, this idea that all white people are smart, mm-hmm. that is actually a stereotype that people have. Right. I think people don't talk about stereotypes from that lens of where they actually come from. Like they just, I think this idea of saying like, why, where'd that come from that all Asian people or all Asian men are smart at math? That had to arise out of a need to perform in some yes. way. Yes, but all I'm saying mm-hmm. is that it is it is a stereotype that is harmful, yes. but it's a stereotype that exists nonetheless. Yes. And you can benefit from yes. said stereotype yes. uh-huh. because you can you are seen as someone that does that particular yes. job. When you look at tech, the tech industry, it is full of Asian people yeah. because they believe and they believe, meaning white people, that they can do the job. That is yeah. a benefit to you. It is not a benefit that black people are considered lazy. That means I'll never be able to get a job. You won't see me in those spaces because that's how people, or even when you have white it, people view me. You think right. that all night and day, right. did I do enough? And you just right. put your 14th hour in the office. Right. Yeah. So I need people to divorce this idea or at least get interrogate what a stereotype is and where that comes from because at the end of the day there's there's you have to look stereotypes are based on personal anecdotes Mm -hmm. you see one person eat fried black person eating fried chicken you say all black people eat fried chicken Mm -hmm. then they follow suit Mm -hmm. it continues right you see maybe a couple people doing that that means it's true Mm -hmm. you see one uh black cis man's penis you say they all have large penises it's just it 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 catches on right Mm -hmm. but what i need folks to look at are the group level patterns Mm -hmm. not personal anecdotes right like what are the group level patterns that are happening that you're seeing widely on a regular basis this is a mexican person telling me that white people are great because they they trust them and because they love them meanwhile there's a white person on a large scale who has agreement from other white people to build a wall between the united states and mexico if there is a this if there is a desire to keep people from other countries not just mexico but including mexico not limited to it. If there are, there is a concerted effort on the behalf of our government to keep those people out. And you have white people on public radio saying things like, oh, I'm an immigration reform restrictionist. And you are talking about somebody's life and livelihood and, and autonomous autonomy in a body to move about in the ways that they need to, that works for them. Mm. If you, who are those people? Mm-hmm. That are creating terms like immigration reform restrictionist. Who are those people? White people. Or or where is that coming from? Where is the need to keep to other? Mm-hmm. Where did that originate? Yep. It's not even with the particular white person. You said something today about whiteness. It's not about the particular white person. Yes. A white person might give you a couple of sugar, a cup of water. You know what I mean? They might hug you Be and your kiss friend. you at night. But, but as soon that as you ask for some money, Lord. But as soon as you bring up, you know, the reparations. need for reparations on the behalf of a, a murderous, terroristic state. It's also like we're all conditioned to think white people are good. Yes. Like you talk about. We yes. are all conditioned to think yes. that they're hella great, that they're good. It, it is a part of the project. Yeah. Slavery was not just a, a, a 
an instance or an economic system. It was a project. And I think that's what people don't get is that it was a project and that it didn't when it was when slavery was emancipated. That didn't mean that all those thoughts and views and uh, standpoints didn't trickle into ideology and institutions. It's in our constitution. It's everywhere. It's still there. <laughs> it's everywhere. They had to amend the motherfucker you got a to whole say. Ass motherfucker saying great, make America great again. They want to go back. Yes. That's that's and this is in 2018. That's a complete disregard for black people. Yes. That's an intentional disregard for black people. Yes, and this is in 2019, but make America great again. That was I think Ronald Reagan used that slogan. It was in 19 It's always been this wanting to go back. It's always been this wanting to retain the belonging mm-hmm. and to retain the power in that. That's it. So white that's people, it. so everybody, that's black it. people on down can miss me with this all white people, not all white people stuff. Like, this is what I'm talking about, the nature of the internet. I don't want to have those non-conversations yeah. about the goodness of individual white people, the goodness of individual white people. Where Those good white people is not working in the system and changing mm-hmm. it from within. Mm-hmm. They are being used by the system to further it. Yeah. And they may be good and great, and you may love them and have sex with them, be in a bed with them at night, and be chopping it up with them, playing dominoes. Do what you do. In your individual relationships, mm-hmm. the focus on your individual feelings and relationships are not important or, or tantamount to the violence that is done on behalf of preserving and maintaining whiteness in this world as a power, as a privilege, as a place to stand. I'm standing. You stand in whiteness. You are. A, you're a part of a white system. There were white people who were against slavery mm-hmm. right who helped harriet tubman along her checkpoints mm-hmm. right but slavery still happened right those white people did not say hell no right they didn't. but even if you it's too much emphasis back see it's all it's coming too- full circle back to it's too much emphasis on what motherfuckers say and not on what they do, do. that's it that's y'all been doing this for a long time so that that's just and and not and and that works in both ways. And so I mean I wanna get to the to the crux of this podcast. Um <laughs> oh, where y'all at? Where y'all at when y'all be listening to this? What y'all be doing? Tell us because I'll be curious because I don't listen to podcasts much. Um but oh, I wanna know where to do what I they're li- doing. Yeah, like are they eating? Are they at home? Are they on the train? Are they on the bus? Is they at their mom? Are they listening with their children, their families? Like I would like for this to be a family. This is a family podcast. podcast. This is a we gotta family stop cursing pod- so much. Why? Are you gonna curse around your children? I can Absolutely. barely curse around your My niece. My mother be cussing around me. What's cursing around me? That she don't curse around them kids. Yes, she does. Really? She don't say. I mean, my mother doesn't say where f or you know. She don't say fuck or bitch. You know? Do y'all have parents? Some of y'all parents have certain words they don't say, even though they cuss hella much. It's just certain words they don't normally say. Like mm. she wouldn't say motherfucker. Like that's not something my mother would say. Yeah. She would be like, damn. You don't even shit. say that. I do. You say motherfucker. Not like hella enunciated on that level, but <laughs> how do you say it, motherfucker? When have you said that? <laughs> <laughs> All right, but the crux of this podcast oh, is is about Bernie Sanders. I'm just gonna come out the gate with it. It's I'm not gonna, about Bernie Sanders. It's not about Bernie Sanders, but it is. It's this uh, this right uh, this this idea that all white people are good. It is it. I think 
in 2019, y'all, we have to get that nothing has changed Mm -hmm. relative to 400 years ago. We have to get that, yes, there are material changes. I have an apartment. You know what I mean? But if I wanted to get another one, there's going to be some system that harkens back to 400 years ago that's rooted in discriminatory housing laws that is going to interrupt my ability to do so. Right. So, one, we got to start thinking about this word change. What the fuck do we mean by it? I don't know what Obama meant. I don't know what Obama meant, but he, he meant, meant it in some political sense. In mm-hmm. some political sense. And I think it's important to, on the, 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 as people are announcing their presidential bids, that we have a conversation about it. That we have a conversation about it. Um, because it's ubiquitous and e- and I'm very clear that the political system, and y'all know we are very clear um, from our voting conversation, that the political system at present is decrepit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Um, it only works for a certain subset of people that is mostly white people. Um, you know, I've been hearing things like, you know, Kamala Harris is great and this white lady from New York, I think she's a senator, Kristen Gillibrand, you know, she went on some nighttime talk show and said the word institutional racism and a the few crowd times. went wild. You the know. crowd went wild. You know what I mean? I'm going to pause you because I don't want you to intro this too much because I'm going to ask questions. Oh, no, no. I'm not going to get all deep up in the situation, but, you know, they, they say things like, well, I don't want Bernie Sanders to run because I think there are other people in the Democratic Party for whom he would be a great mentor. He is too old and he sold out after, you know, he's an independent, but he only wants to be a Democrat in order to win. And that means he's not a true progressive. He's going to be used as a pawn for the Democratic Party. But Kamala, who is blackish of some sort, um, and Kirsten Gillibrand, who is white, they're going to be unelectable in middle America. This is, I'm on an NPR um, comment section. Y'all should really read comment sections of NPR articles. You really get to listen to like how white people think about these certain things. <laughs> you Thousands of comments, like you can really go through them very quickly because they say all the same shit for the most part. Okay, Gemini. Okay. Now, the point being is that I say, hmm, why is Kamala, who I'll get to in a second, and Gillenbrand, who says institutional racism on Colbert or some shit, why are they unelectable in middle America? And I get to I get to just a thinking, you know. I'm supposed to be asking you questions. I know, but I'm setting it up. I get to thinking about middle America and I get to thinking about what they mean by that. And I get to think about all these people's opinions and when white people disagree with something, oh, they, they always be American. disagreeing with something for the wrong reasons. Yes. Bernie Sanders, in fact, does suck and is, you know, a progressive socialist leftist in, you know, fake socialist clothing. You know what I mean? He is that. He's very that. And Tim Wise, I say he a wolf in Tim Wise's clothing. And then people asked about Tim Wise, but babe, Keep, let me interview you. 
Tim Wise's clothes. Uh huh. Go ahead. But who is Tim Wise now? Tim Wise is a, like an older, not a lot that of people old. People ask me he what's talk- wrong. What's wrong with him? Is what they um, ask. He takes up space inside a racial and social justice conversation, and he makes a lot of money by speaking about how horrible white people are and coming up with all these glossy terms and talking about uh, white fragility and all of that shit. But don't do shit. Does he have um, like a, a racial justice like program or something? No, uh, you. I mean, he goes. He's like a trusted authority or white voice, but he routinely steals from black films. He takes up space in that arena, and I think anytime you have a a, a white person who is prominently speaking about racial and social justice, you should be weary of that. Yeah, because you're talking and you're taking about money. It. And you're taking money. And you're not. And you're taking money. Yeah. And you're not doing Take anything about it. Take your money for an issue cre- that you're not doing anything And about. that you are least impacted by. And yep. you are putting yourself and your personhood front and center. You're becoming the face of something that you ultimately benefit from, even in your talking about. Mm-hmm. Once again, we are concerned about what people say and not what they do. Yep. And that once again... You don't know who Tim Wise is. You don't know the damage that Tim Wise does because in the cultural memory of this country, white people are inherently great. But if I say Kamala Harris, you're going to bring up something from 1994 and say, oh, she sucks. You're going to know that immediately. and You don't even know shit really about Kamala Harris. So why is that? So this is what. We want to talk. We're going to talk about. Eric's going to ask me a whole bunch of questions. I love how he spills what we're going to talk about in the intro. So Erica's going to ask me a series of questions. I apologize if the the podcast is all over the place. Actually, I don't <laughs> apologize because my podcast and you know it's our <laughs> podcast. So Tim Tim Wise does what he wants. I mean, Alyssa Milano does what she wants. I mean, what the hell? Can we do what we want? For right. heaven's sake, like, Donald we, Trump surely does what the hell he wants. So can we I do? I don't what we even want to say that bitch ass nigga name all on this podcast like that because this the problem. What was Donald not- Trump is the is is our only uh, our most horrible example of a white person. I told you I saw that article in the New York Times with a picture of Donald Trump walking across the White House lawn talking about the lowest white man. Bitch, please. I'm just using him as a reference to say he does whatever he wants. You're not going on a tangent about this. I'm questions. asking you questions. So Ebony used to want to be the president of the United States. Would you vote I for Ebony? I was like 19. Ebony, was it 19? I thought you were like 10. I, I dibbled and dabbled. You know you 19 is old. No, like maybe I want to be a firefighter or something. I don't firefighter know. is hot. Firefighter <laughs> president, take your pick. Never, none of them. Ebony 2020. Okay, so. No. These questions are for Ebony. Also used to be a poli sci major before he turned to English, but he reads hella much. So he understands. So I'm going to be asking questions that I feel like folks don't understand. And I understand a good amount about government and elections and things like that, but not nearly as much as Ebony. So we're just going to have him answer our questions. So my, I guess when people are like, well, what do you think, Erica? My thoughts about elections, especially presidential elections mm-hmm. in this country, is who cares, quite frankly. It's it's really I share that sentiment. Yeah, the system mm-hmm. is 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 fucked. Rigged. It's rigged. Um, it's based on how much money you got. It's based on who you know, who you like, um, who likes you. It's also founded on indigenous and black folks' genocide, and mm-hmm. it's directly 
stolen indigenous people's land and is built on black people's back. So I have no, mm-hmm. no interest in if you're running or not, because none of them are talking about giving indigenous people their land back. None of them are talking about reparations for black people. So I just don't care. Mm-hmm. So when people are like, Oh, well, you know, um, Pence is worse. It that doesn't matter. This is like a null and void conversation. They're yes. all horrible. Yeah. Like, I don't care. I feel like to get, super excited about any election at any level. That's even the House of Representatives, any of that. Anybody in Washington, D.C. <laughs> doing stuff that's a part of that White House. Doing stuff. <laughs> immediately. Yeah. Yeah. In the House of Representatives, in the Senate, you on the left, you on the right, I don't care. Y'all yeah. are all trashed because none of you talk about actually giving folks their land back and giving black people reparations. There's not one politician that talks about that. Not one. And that's, there's a reason for it. They yes. wouldn't be a politician. Or you just would never hear about it. Right. Them. And it's so binary. Y'all, you know I don't fuck with binaries. Like, why Why somebody that doesn't fuck with binaries all of a sudden fucks with binaries? I don't understand that. They all do. I don't understand that. It's like some of my favorite gender activists talk about gender all the time, talk about how gender is not binary. But then they want to talk about elections and they want to talk about them inside of binaries. And I think... Bipartisan. That don't make sense. Partisan, yes. When I was growing up, Mm. my dad is an independent. And that's how he talked about elections. Like, I don't rock with these two sides. Like, I just don't. Neither side works for me. I'm an independent. So I kind of grew up in a house like that. Mm. And that's a lot of my influence. But the more that I learn about the world and the more things that happen to me on a personal level, like not having you know, not having insurance and having to essentially uh, flirt my way into having Obamacare because I was past the deadline or the fact that even though I had Obamacare, my insurance was declined because they just didn't feel like giving me my last two treatments of chemo. I just don't have, I don't care who's the president because Mm -hmm. they don't care about me. They don't. Mm -hmm. And they don't care about you either. They care about power. So I, I'm just not interested, but I have questions for Ebony because I think it's important for folks to understand who these candidates are from Ebony's position, but also a little bit of how this works. So my first question is, is why, why are, my first question is, Mm -hmm. is why did presidents run for four years? Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I'm gonna give you as much information as I could possibly give off you the off the top, top of your of my head. Dome, almost motherfucking one o'clock in the morning. Yes, but um, why do presidents run for two for one term? Four years, one term. They they can they can be president up to eight years, so that's two terms. Oh, per dome. Yes. Oh wait, you could just be president. No, if you are reelected, you, you gotta can, you gotta run. Yes, you must so run again. So four years. Then if you don't get reelected, then it's not. Why two do terms. they want four years? So the Twenty Second Amendment states that no president shall be president longer than two terms. It was simply a a precedent and a tradition established by slave owning George Washington mm-hmm. when he declined to be president again um, for a third term in uh, I think it was 1796 so that's all it was of course Franklin D Roosevelt Franklin D Roosevelt was the first president who ran who was president and who yeah was elected four times mm-hmm. um and I, actually, the 22nd Amendment came after that um, because 
he just was able to just do whatever he wanted to do. And mm-hmm. the reason why people kind of were, it was more permissible for Franklin D. Roosevelt to do it because he was a, a relatively popular president um, who kind of had, for that time period, the, back to these words again, a more progr- quote-unquote progr- progressive platform with the New Deal. Um, so it was like, it's okay for you to essentially, a Democratic president, to be um, president for four terms, even though that's, a little close to like what would be dictatorial almost mm-hmm. like a government, a, go, a, a, a presidential um, term that just is on damn there feel, feels indefinite. Mm-hmm. And then for folks that's, that harkens too closely to authoritarian or totalitarian governments, which means that only one person running a whole show and they can be president. They can be the leader of a, a government or a, country for as long as they so choose um so that's the reason that's the answer to that question essentially got it so i oftentimes think of the u.s government and presidential elections and presidents as nonprofits, and the president is the executive director mm-hmm. the role of a an executive director in a nonprofit mm-hmm. is to raise money for said nonprofit. Mm-hmm. they have other roles to manage the folks underneath them essentially mm-hmm. and to you know, make sure things are orderly and manage budgets to sign off on things. But for the most part, their job is to raise money and to make sure that money is coming in to the organization. Yes. The organization still operates inside of the nonprofit industrial complex. Absolutely. It's still super fucked. Yeah. But there's a CEO, there's an executive director. They have to answer to the board. They have to raise money inside of the nonprofit industrial complex. Similar yes. to the government is still a function of white supremacy. And their role is to do what is my question to you? The role of the government. The role of the president is to do what? Because it doesn't matter, in my opinion, because I'm going to get mm-hmm. to this, but everybody is stating their, mm-hmm. you know, like Obama stated his platform and stated change and si se puede and yes, you can and all that jazz. It stated all that, but then he still operated inside of white supremacy because that is, those are the systems that the U.S. government operates under. Yes. Right? You can't, uh-huh. you're not, you're not go- going to be elected president if you say I am out to overthrow the U.S. government, or I am out to infiltrate. No, you will not be. You will not be elected president, correct? So you're up to, regardless of who we have in the seat or who we have as a president, they're still going to do the same shit because they have to. Some somebody's yes. going to come along and say, "But you have to do this." Yes, that's why. For example, yes. for example, the nonprofit that I worked at. The, the executive director was trash, but and so was the communications director. Mm-hmm. But what the communications director said, executive director, you have to talk about this particular thing mm-hmm. because this is what's necessary. The executive director listens to that person. Mm-hmm. So whether that person, whether that person is trying to um, move away from the nonprofit industrial complex, which they never are, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're literally trying to push you further into it that executive director is going to listen to that. So I'm just saying the president in the same way is listening to the folks who are also indoctrinated to white supremacy. you answered your own question. No, but I want to know what do they do? What is it? Presidents don't raise money, do they? No, they just do like foreign policy stuff. They enforce laws in the country that legislators then bring to their attention and they essentially yay or nay it or they come up with their own laws or bills. Mm-hmm. Um, but the president's main job is to essentially be a, 
this is just my opinion. I mean, everybody's going to have their own Wikipedia or Google or, you know, otherwise derived source of information about it. But from what I see, a president's job is to be a, a proxy. It's like the head of state, mm-hmm. like in, in relationship to the other heads of state across the globe. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, during the Cold War, the presidents during that time period, their job was to, say, for instance, Kennedy. Um, and they did the space program because Russia had a space program. It's like to essentially say, to sway the world to essentially submit to this country. Mm-hmm. To submit to this country, to control commerce, to control global, global trade in a way that advances the country's own interests over that of the world. It's to dominate mm-hmm. the world. Gotcha. Um, that's the best way that I could put it. I mean, if you're talking about foreign policy, I think the president, to your point, does little to nothing, has little to no bearing on domestic affairs. I think we overinflate the yes. president's um, that's power what in domestic affairs. But on a global scale, it, it makes a difference how we, quote unquote, look to the rest of the world. Yeah. You know, Obama was a a president to the world. It's like, oh, a black person being a president of a world superpower that signifies to the world that the United States is having some type of global push or some type of change toward mm-hmm. more a more progressive politics. Political leaning is on a scale. It's on a spectrum. Mm-hmm. You have presidents that are concerned. You heard of liberal, then you heard of conservative, and then you hear of moderate, and then there's moderate liberal and moderate conservative, fiscal conservative, liberal, socially liberal. There's all these different um, political leanings on the spectrum, and where our presidents fall just influence our image on a global stage. So right now, um, it would make so with this whole Russia thing is a good example. Donald Trump being president versus Hillary Clinton would mean that Russia is able to, Russia is also very conservative. Their government is very conservative. So if you have another world leader who is also extremely conservative, you can continue to push a conservative agenda or conservative global trade and commerce policy um, without contest without being contested you can have a nuclear program uh, as long as it don't interfere with the united states nuclear program which the united states is working on a nuclear missile right now um all that to say is that it would just the whole russia shit is just because it would just be easier for putin the the leader of russia to do whatever the fuck he wants to do because he has a like-minded individual who would aid in that Okay. Mm-hmm. My next question is to kind of comes off of what you just said. It's mm-hmm. talking about the progressive and the conservative and the binaries, right? Mm-hmm. So the former CEO of Starbucks, Howard, yeah. <laughs> what's her name? Schultz. Howard Schultz says they want to run for the independent party. Mm-hmm. So like I also said that my dad, you know, he was uh, independent, independent and uh-huh. I kind of grew up in an, I guess, independent house. Mm-hmm. Um, and when um, Howard Schultz announced this, a lot of folks were upset about that yes. on Twitter because they said you are going to cause another election of Donald Trump. Yes. What do folks mean by that? And why is it that we couldn't have? Have we ever have we ever had an independent president? Um, 
I am not sure to that answer that question. Any of y'all out there know to answer that question? Mm-hmm. Answer that. If there's ever been a president on an independent ticket, mm-hmm. the reason why people are upset about I'm gonna answer these hella simple short. Yeah. People are upset about that for because they call it splitting votes. They call it. They think third. This country is, as you mentioned. Our political system is binary. It's Mm. partisan, which means that we have a two-party system and independents and libertarians and the Green Party, they are in one swoop considered third parties, parties outside of the traditional two-party system, the Democrats and the Republicans. Motherfuckers is tripping off of that because they feel like, well, Howard Schultz, you run for independent, you got all this population voting for the independents when you can just have them voting Democrat. They literally mm. mean that. Mm. Don't vote Democrat. You're going to split the party. That's why people are like, also back to Bernie Sanders, they don't want Bernie Sanders to run because they're like, you're going to diminish the ability of a stronger candidate to win against Trump. So there's a lot of hysteria surrounding Trump mm-hmm. um, with and beating, quote unquote, beating Trump. Mm-hmm. So the, the people's thoughts are don't run on a third party ticket. Don't have your own, don't have your own supporters. Don't have nobody to, you know, don't let nobody vote in the way that they want to vote. But what if everybody voted for the independent? That would never happen. Why? One, they would never vote for Howard Schultz, number one. I mean, the the question I now have for you and for anybody listening is, what is, why do, like I said, why do rich people, particularly white cis men, billionaires, this wouldn't be the first instance of a billionaire. Donald Trump ain't no billionaire, but, you know, a business person, Mitt Romney, all these corporate people wanting to run for president. It's like, th- that's like me and you being like, I want to be a doctor or something like that. Like, <laughs> we don't go to medical school. We Starts like, you know, I'm going to be. R. What's that? Power. Or PR. Public relations. It's also PR. Public relations. <laughs> like, what makes you think you fit to work in a field for which you have no experience, but a nigga got to, you know, tender all types of resumes and CVs, you know, to work at McDonald's. Then. Right. So it's like, you know, it's interesting the desire, the, the role of the president is, back to what you said, is about power because Howard Schultz is not running for no local elections. Howard Schultz is not trying is not trying to run for state comptroller or something like that. Like they don't want to be a senator. They don't want to start at no level but the highest one. Mm. That's like me being like I'm a sex. I want to be a sex educator, and I'm about to go teach at um I'm gonna go teach at Harvard or something <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. Like what I'm gonna mm. go run. What's a big sex ed thing? You can say, I'm going to go teach at Harvard. I'm just going to go teach at Harvard. I'm going to go to Widener. I'm going to become a yeah. professor. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to apply, essentially. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yes. And I have no bad, I have no experience. I really don't even care about sex ed. I'm just going to do it because I think something is wrong with what y'all doing. Y'all ain't doing enough. <laughs> I'm bored. And is there a reason why he didn't just go on the Democratic ticket? Um, cause he knew he wouldn't be, there's a thing called the democratic and the Republican national conventions where they decide which person is going to be the candidate for the respective parties. If he, and who decides that the Democrats, these people in the DNC, the Demo- the Democrats, some of them people, but they're people like that live in like, where, who are they? Um, who are the people in the DNC? Somebody else answered that question. I'm not sure who the people That's in the, okay. D- you don't have in the National Convention I'm are. gonna. This is my last question. It's a big question. Yeah. I know that okay. 
you are someone that's definitely going to be out there voting, you know, pushing us forward and really <laughs> coming together as a <laughs> as a country so <laughs> as a country and and really just yes, making I'm a really, difference, yeah, you know, yeah. on through our, you know, c- civic engagement. Our, yes, box. civic. Yes. And yeah. that's all you do, really, is just vote and yeah. talk about um, politics. Because we don't want to stay at home, Erica. That's the and thing. You don't want to talk and just right. stay at home. You know, whoever we're voting for, just go out there and just tender a vote for right. the former. Right. You know, because tr- Pence is worst, Ebony. Pence yeah. is worst. So, and not only that, we need a strong candidate for the Democrats. Right, we need even though the same amount of black trans people died under Obama as they did with, but that's okay Trump though because at the end of the as day, they will with the next person. But, that's the thing. but here we are. Mm-hmm. My question: You're clearly going to vote Democrat. So, who are you voting for? <laughs> are you voting for Bernie? Is this a real question? This is a question. Are Erica. you voting for Bernie? Are you voting for Kamala? I'm not. Are you voting for Gillenbrand? So I want you to break down who who you don't have to say who you're voting for. I won't I won't do that to you because it's private. You don't actually have to say who you You vote for. This isn't all serious. That's serious. You don't ever have to tell anybody who you vote for. Because especially with people with um, social capital, that stuff gets y'all get wild. It's also people gonna try to weaponize who you vote for because again, this is not about your individual choice or voice being heard. It's about you doing what everybody else essentially kind of wants you to do, whether yes. or not it's in your interest. Because everybody is an activist. That was in jest. Okay. okay. So, what are these folks' platforms, and what is it that irritates you the most about them? And I'm putting you on not a time could. A thing I'm putting you with structure. You're gonna talk about Bernie. What is their platform if you know it? And what is one thing that frustrates you? If you don't know their platform, you can just say one thing that frustrates you. Sound good? I should have prepared for these questions because these questions is too. Are they good? Stacked. Oh my gosh, they're so prepared. Oh, and well, you didn't prepare. You didn't research nor prepare them, <laughs> nor did you give me the opportunity to do so. <laughs> I burped. Excuse me. Um, we can pause and do this tomorrow if you want. No, I'm. You ready? I'm going for broke. All and right. it's also important. Motherfuckers don't have to know everything. That, hey, I don't say that know one more everything. time. It's important. I don't back. know everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I have a a, a one. What is that? A quarter poli sci education. But I've also I've always been interested in political science and the way the political system runs. I used he to wanted to it, be president. I did. I did. People. So silly. Why, I babe? I think that's so tender. That is not tender. I remember you told me that on that's our first date. That's a part of my date. indoctrination. Why? That that's one of the only ways that I... It's, no, it's about power. I wanted, I love I wanted it. power. You could be my president, daddy. Oh, Lord. Jesus, Because <laughs> it's not so much for me about their platforms, though I can certainly share with you some, some issues that I'm having. So a fundamental conversation that's been happening right now is that Kamala Harris, who is the former... Uh, district attorney in California. I've been hearing Kamala Harris's name for a very long time because I am from California. Um, so people are upset at Kamala Harris because, you know, she was a prosecutor and this, that, and the third. And she was said to be tough on crime. She was on C-SPAN some years ago saying that, you know, black people aren't saying we don't want police. We're just saying that we want our grandmother. She hits you with the grandma. You know, you know, we all love our grandmother for the most part if we got them. So it's like she really pulling at the heartstrings. She said, we don't want our grandmothers. We want our grandmothers to be safe when they walk down the street. Mm. 
When was that? 2011, that video clip? We want our grandmothers to be <laughs> safe when they walk down the street. So we just want police to, to have, so essentially, to heavily paraphrase, to have policing measures that work. We want community policing. We want the, you know, the pigs that we do know. We want the Ooh. devils we know and not the ones we don't. Ooh. Now, that's, that's essentially what she was saying. I'll just, you know... While I understand, and I wrote this on Facebook, I'm just reading. While I understand the fervent scrutiny surrounding Kamala Harris's 2020 bid, I really need y'all to keep the same energy surrounding Bernie Sanders' likely bid. Mm -hmm. He is a consummate racist wrapped up in Tim Wise's clothing. I need y'all to distinguish your misogynoir and just general loathing of black femmes inside of your civic engagement or whatever you want to call it and really scrutinize, share about, make memes and statuses about every white candidate possible. Get all of their voting records. Trust me, they are not pretty. None of them. If the state of this country is any indication, your current sitting senators and state representatives and career politicians are all crooks, to Erica's point. Weed them out. Anytime you call out a black femme for Erica Badu on down, raise that with a call out for at least two white cis men or white cis women, or just keep it a buck that a lot of this criticism about Kamala, while sound, is still steeped in and but a function of our country's hatred for black femmes. Point is, we need to call out Bernie because he's been flying under the radar under this nice, fake, woke, white, Woodstock looking off brand Robin Hood shit for a minute. And I peep all these Bernie 2010 people on my page because I'm from California and people from California are very racist but they like to call themselves progressive and liberal and they anti-fascist and this that and the third which is the definition which explains it completely the state of California and also the state of New York Vermont. Oh, Vermont. Where Bernie Sanders is from. Right. So the, <laughs> on to Bernie Sanders. So Bernie Sanders, so once again, people don't like Kamala. Black people are like, oh, no, girl. You know, you uh, uh, you inside of some whiteness. They peep game. They clocking mm-hmm. her as she should be clocked. Now, what I'm not saying is a lot of clocking around Bernie Sanders. So no. Bernie Sanders has been a politician. Bernie Sanders was the mayor of Vermont, of Burlington, Vermont. Um, a very one thing you should know about Burlington, Vermont is that it's a mostly white state. Um, once again, this is one of the state representatives recently was black. She was getting death threats, you know, state and had to resign because mm-hmm. of the the power of the the white people in Vermont's um, stance against her and anti and anti blackness. Um, so this is where Bernie comes from. Bernie has persisted off of this idea of a of a nice white person, but a particular nice white person that's called a hippie. Um, Bernie was said <laughs> to have been a civil rights activist. He's been called before. What they said during segregation, during Birmingham and all of that, Bernie went down there and he did sit-ins and all this, that, and the third. Um, what, what people won't tell you about Bernie. Well, I mean, the, the bottom line is that Bernie Sanders has always been very, clear about economic issues the fact that we need to put higher taxes on the riches once we handle the economic issues then all other issues like racism will be okay Mm -hmm. all black people need is better jobs in their community and it's okay recently i'll jog your memory um after what's her name abrams Gillums and O'Rook, Beta O'Rook lost the 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 govern the gubernatorial races in their perspective their respective states. Bernie Sanders said, "You know what? A lot of those white people 
um, they weren't racist who did, they were just, you know, they never voted for black people before. So we have to understand Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. it might be difficult for them to vote for black people. That doesn't mean that they're racist. There are a lot of good white people who just could never imagine voting for a person of color. And that that's okay. They're not racist. This is something that Bernie Sanders has literally said. Um, not only that, Bernie Sanders has said many things like, you know, this word identity politics, you know, you know, I'm just going to read y'all some things I found. This is an article in the week. I'll link this article to the, um, the, the description of the podcast, because it's important to just, you know, have some information and some verifiable sources about Bernie Sanders's platform, especially since it was very difficult for me to find anything about Bernie Sanders Anything about his voter, I had to really motherfucking dig. And it's so interesting that don't with Kamala Harris is all out there. Um, but here it is. Um, Sanders often sounds like a gun control hardliner. The president is right, he says. Condolences are not enough, he said, after a shooting this past fall. This is in 2016. We've got to do something. We need sensible gun control legislation. But Hillary Clinton's claims are still basically accurate. Per this PolitiFact tally of Sanders' significant gun votes in Congress, he backs additional gun control about half the time, albeit with a trend trend toward more gun regulation in recent years. Sanders' staff has tried to explain his comparative conservatism here as part and parcel of representing Vermont, a left-wing but gun-friendly state. Hardly progressive. Right? (laughs) Then there's criminal justice reform, something that, you know, Kamala Harris, rightfully so, has been lambasted about, her lukewarm criminal justice reform um, policies and platforms. So a lot of people from Black Lives Matter during, you know, 2016 was talking with Bernie Sanders. But here's the, the hot tea. Um, back in 1994, after decrying America's ballooning prison population and its ties to poverty, one week later, Bernie, Bernie Sanders voted to pass the Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994, otherwise known as the Crime Bill, a centerpiece mm. of Bill Clinton's tough on crime shtick which, among other things, mandated a life sentence for anyone convicted of three drug crimes, expanded the list of death penalty crimes, lowered the age at which a juvenile could be tried as an adult to just 13 years old, and appropriated billions to expand the prison system and hire 100,000 new police officers. Bernie Sanders voted for that, for the crime bill. Okay. I mean, in 1995, the next year, he voted against a measure which would have prohibited police acquisition of tanks and armored vehicles like those he critiqued in Ferguson, Missouri, Mm -hmm. used against black people by the police force in Ferguson. Mm -hmm. Once again, on what they say and not what they do. So he also was in support of mandatory minimum sentences. Um, especially for crimes where an offender carried a gun. So that meant that if, say, you were smoking weed somewhere and you had a gun on you, you could literally get a mandatory minimum sentence, even if it was for a nonviolent crime, like smoking weed. And you had a gun, just happened to have a gun on you. So that's one thing that people don't talk about with Bernie Sanders is that he also is was pro-Obama-era drone, stri- pro drone strikes. Hmm. Very vocal about that. 
also in favor while talking about oh we did the iraq war you know was hillary clinton's biggest blunder why did we support that had no need to be in iraq but he but he voted to fund fund the war in iraq to give money to several measures to help fund it and in afghanistan i didn't realize he says, you know, we don't need, I'm not for war, but I am, I'm in favor of coalition-based wars, which means that Americans would also have help in from other countries in starting and finishing wars. And what did he say about reparations? Bernie said, Bernie Sanders said when talking to Tennessee Coast, I'll also link this because Tennessee Coast really fucking toasted, sliced and diced um, Bernie Sanders in this article. Not even the art it's just it is amazing and it's so beautifully written um and it was not widely um publicized but i will share that as well um and he pretty much said that it would be divisive it would be divisive to give but these are the same this is some of the same arguments that conservative neo-nazi um like white nationalists, white supremacists make these same arguments that reparations for black people would divide the country. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. So, so I'm going to stop you because okay. we get a cut in a little bit, but my question that we get all the time that I think is important to ask to you, especially mm-hmm. now is what do we do? These candidates are not it. Nope. And we know that. No. So what do we do? Who do we vote for? What is the promise? What's next? What do you see? What's your vision? If it was just a blank canvas, what's your vision? As it relates to... The government. It doesn't make a difference. I have no vision for this government. Okay. This go- the, to, for me to have a vision for this government and then to also talk about ending systems of oppression, those two things are at odds with one another. Oh, say that. One upholds the other. Mm-hmm. The system of government as it works today, as it was designed to work, is disadvantageous to black people. And it is designed that way. Whether or not we tender a vote. Mm-hmm. Whether or not we vote for state control or for some small referendum on a local ballot, mm-hmm. that doesn't change the way the machinery works. Mm-hmm. It fixes a cog in an otherwise broken machine. Yeah. So I have no vision for our government other than it disintegrating like it's about to. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it. I mean, and even if it disintegrates, I mean, it's. I don't even. I don't even believe that. That's a half-hearted statement. This government ain't going nowhere. But I don't foresee it working for black people. I don't see it working toward, for us like it say it's supposed to. The, the, the government is designed to work for the people, our state politicians, our polit- legislators mm-hmm. in this country are to work for the people. They're supposed to be a servant of the people. But for whom? Middle America? For whom? People who just want to vote Democrat, whether they racist or not. Yep. Whether they, they policies and platforms echo the same policies and platforms of more quote unquote conservative leaning candidates to your point. What's the point? Conservative, liberal, moderate, modest, centrist, progressive, all, all of these words mm-hmm. that mean nothing. What was, the, what was the tweet that you wrote? Um, the Kamari. I was, we can end on that note. 
So I was talking about Jesse Smollett, and I didn't even, I, it wasn't no tweet because y'all know I ain't got Twitter, but yes, I said, um, you wrote something. Let's be clear the MAGA haters or the MAGA supporters could just as easily have been Bernie Bros or Women's Liberation Front, radical feminists, left leaning, centrist, moderate progressives, milk toast, neoliberal, socialist, Democrat, anti fascist, independents, liberal, democratic, socialist, conservative, liberally fiscal, immigration reform restrictionists, and all the myriad political labels and allegiances white people use and claim to neatly Kamari their racism. That though it could have easily you could switch that out ooh, ooh. for what to and it to replace you know whoever did this to Jesse Smiley and who and all the myriad people who continue to do damage and harm. I'll also read you something I think is really hot tea. It's the last thing that I'm gonna read. Because I'm being rushed. Jared Beck was a, um, this was um, posted by somebody named Trev CH on Facebook. Um, and they were, they published a tweet or a, from Bernie Sanders' friend and legal circuit who helped sue the DNC on his behalf. Um, and this person, Jared Beck, on January 27th tweeted this. If you think Kamala Harris is a great person because she's black, just like you, you might you just might be another stupid piece of worthless, racist American shit. Black women who think Kamala Harris is quote unquote just like them are funny. As if every black woman has an opportunity to be a repository for Willie Brown's decrepit penis. You have to explain it further. It's a tweet. We were just talking about the internet. The nature of the internet. Even though this white person's face is not hidden from you know, mm-hmm. but they they felt protected enough to say something as misogynistic and racist and anti-black and gross as that. Um, their close collaborator um, and friend of Bernie, Bernie Sanders, and um, people will be quick to say, "Well, Bernie didn't say it," or to distance Bernie from this from this type of rhetoric. But just in 2016, again, the Bernie people, Bernie supporters, particularly white cis men, the bulk of Bernie Sanders' following, you know, sexually harassed and harassed and harangued, you know, um, films. Is that person liberal? They call themselves a progressive. (laughs) It's perfect. So, um, once again, I do want to make it clear as I end, as we end this, this podcast, is that I don't... The vitriol toward Kamala Harris that's coming from black people is sound. That's black people saying, you know, y'all don't like to research people before y'all vote for them. Mm-hmm. Y'all don't care about their politics and whether or not they're operating inside of whiteness with a black face. We it's care. also with the tinge of misogynoir. And it's with a tinge of misogynoir because yes. Obama, I don't know if, if it was no. all like that. If no, was, it I wasn't. I think niggas was juiced yes. for the most part. Um, but it I think wasn't. with Kamala Harris. And people, black people still love Bill Clinton, so we uh, cannot. Right, right. By you know, any means, saying that it's not misogynoir. Yes, not all black people, but a lot, but a great deal. We are signing off because it's late and we're tired. I'm not that tired. I know you're not. You could talk forever. So no, but I we're can't finishing. talk forever. If I you, hope this made sense, y'all. This made sense. I think what's going to happen is that we're going to have more conversations about this as this election gets closer because people have questions about it and it's dominating the news right now. But I'm and t- I think it's important to ask them. The questions may have been like, wait, why are these questions so easy or so simple? But literally people don't know the answers to these questions. And I think that it's important to just have a candid conversation about them.
Don't let people suck you into this very basic, very white conversation of we need to beat Trump. And that's you're going to hear a lot of that this election season. Yeah. You're going to hear a lot of that into 2020, November next year. You're going to hear a lot of it. We need to beat Trump. They need to look in the mirrors what you need to respond to them. Ooh. If they say that to you. Ooh. You need to beat your uncle. You need to win against your mother. That's right. You need to petition the state for reparations for black that's people. That's it. That's it. And that's all. Good night. If you got them bad news blues, I got news, boo. Niggas out here feeling boo boo. We got bamboozled. 40 acres and them mules new. You ain't getting that. Meantime, get on food stamps just to get them back. Everybody like he pro black. He anti white. Nah, bitch. I'm an antibody on a lunch break. Do, 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 do. Entire episode be Luther riffs. Do yours, man. Creep, 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 creep. <laughs>